BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... Media. Oh my goodness, it's It Could Happen Here, a podcast that is about things falling apart, our dystopian now and tomorrow, uh, and for the last several days has been heavily about the Consumer Electronics Show, which is a huge event every year where 120 to 150,000 people flood into Las Vegas to show off all of the new gadgets and to have big fancy panels on the future of technology. And this has been a particularly good year for the dystopia beat part of that because the entire industry is obsessed right now with artificial intelligence. Now, there's a couple reasons for this. Um, every laptop manufacturer is basically throwing out laptops with uh, AI assistance. Microsoft's is Copilot. And they're doing this because laptop sales have stalled. A lot of people, like the pandemic was great for laptop sales, and then people stopped buying them because most people don't need to replace their laptops very often. So there's this desperate hope that by scaring everybody into thinking they need AI immediately, they can get folks to buy a new raft of machines. And outside of that, it's just, as I'm sure you're aware, with interest rates where they are, companies, tech companies, particularly startups, are having trouble getting VC money, venture capital money invested in them. So there's this kind of desperate hope that by plugging AI constantly, they can fill in the gap. So today... You know, we have probably in a week or two, we're going to have be putting out a long investigation based on a number of panels we went to with executives from Google, from weirdly enough, McDonald's, from Adobe, from NVIDIA, uh, from the Consumer Electronics Association and multiple government agencies, including DHS, on what they see as the future of AI. That's going to be some pretty in-depth reporting. But today we want to talk about the AI products that we've been seeing. And as a spoiler, they're basically all the dumbest shit you've ever heard of. So I want to introduce our panel today. Uh, Coming back after catching a horrible, horrible lung infection, throat infection, some kind of infection. infection. Yeah, Garrison got strep throat. um, And despite the fact that we've been hanging out together, I did not, which does prove I'm genetically superior. We also have uh, Tavia Mora coming back, our, uh, our technical expert. Hello, Tavia. Howdy, everybody. Mm-hmm. And for the first time on, well, no, not for the first time, for the third time on It Could Happen Here, the upcoming host of the Cool Zone Media tech-focused show, Better Offline, Ed Zitron. Ed! What guan? Hmm? Hello. How's oh. it going? Yeah, oh, okay. sorry. Hi. <laughs> yeah, hit my head on the way in. Yeah, it's a truly awful show this year. I, the thing that I said to Robert yesterday when we were talking about the show and that's really stood out to me is, if you had told me this was 2021, I'd have believed you. It doesn't feel, despite the use of the word AI, it does not feel like tech has actually moved that far. And it's very strange. 
Yeah, there was this period of time after the iPhone came out where every year there would be really big leaps in the tech you saw. And this part of, I think, why they're leaning on AI so heavily is otherwise it's just the same laptop, smartphones, speakers, connected gadgets, you know, autonomous cars and shit that we've been seeing for years. And they really haven't jumped forward much. But, you know, the downside of that is a lot of things. But the upside of that is people are increasingly cramming AI into insane shit uh, in the hopes that somebody will want to buy it. And so I want to start off, Ed, since you're, uh, you're, you're, you are not just our newest host, but also a Las Vegas native. I think people could probably assume that from your Vegas accent. Yes, natural. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your favorite <laughs> or the first AI product you want to get into today? I want to talk about the Rabbit, the Rabbit R1. Oh, God, yes. So this thing is a square box, and I can't tell if it acts without your phone or with your phone, but it uses AI. You you speak into it like a walkie-talkie, and it does a series of actions based on what you say. So it can do all the things that Siri could do five years ago, like change music and start. But it also has like a 360-degree camera, yeah. which can, based on the extremely awkward and agonizing like hour-long demo, 25-minute, yeah. pardon me, it felt like it an hour. Um, it can look at a picture of Rick Astley and and start very and after several agonizing seconds, start playing "Never Give You Up." It can also, it claims, do a series of nuanced actions, like you can say, "Get me a cab home," and also put on my tunes, and also change the air conditioner to seventy four degrees, all in one one sentence. Now you may think. Why do I need to spend $200 on a device to do this? And the answer is you don't. You do not need to. This thing looks cool. And I, on some level, I'm just glad we're getting new tat. Yeah, the design is not bad. It's like yeah. a, a square. It looks like it's maybe two, two and a half inches by two and a half inches or so, something like that. Yeah, a little screen. It's like well designed from an industrial design standpoint. And I think the big, yeah, it, it looks like it's just that it it's a, it's a, Basically, a Siri that can use app. It can use yeah. Uber. It could book a flight for you. One of the things they show is it like planning a vacation in London for you, which does seem to kind of go against the point of like going somewhere new and like figuring out what you want to do there. As opposed, to, it's basically pulling from a list I'm sure an AI wrote of like top ten things to do in London. And it's just very weird because all of these tech guys who. They very loudly claim they're free spirits, they're independent, they're not controlled by any authority, they cannot be manipulated, all desperately want a machine to tell them exactly what the hell to do with their lives. And it's so bizarre, because they, I, we were discussing the different articles about this and people trying to argue why this thing needs to exist. It's like, oh, it takes out the friction between all these apps. I'm sorry, I just don't think there's that much friction. Pull up my phone. I'm on Uber. Yes. Right? I pull out my phone. I, I pull up Grubhub. I order food. Yeah. It's very simple. It's remarkably easy. I don't see how talking to a square is better. Like, it's the same. Like, I could call someone on the phone and do it hands free, or I could text them. And I always text them because that's yeah. more pleasant. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I have my phone open to signal right now. I can swipe up, go to Uber in less than a second, saying the words, Move from Signal to the Uber app takes a whole lot longer than just doing it with my thumb. I also do love the idea of like completely ruining the point of Signal, which is an encrypted, extremely secure messaging app to be like, hey, random box, I want to feed my private messages through you and have you read them out to me as I go about my day. I don't know what your data retention policy is or what you'll be doing with it. They sold out and they made $2 million. So like 10 million of them? Some, or 10,000, uh, sorry. It's just, and it's, I've read, I read like 11 articles about this thing because I occasionally drive myself insane with these things when I see everyone excited about something, but I can't read a single article that tells me why I should buy it. Even though my, my rat brain says, oh, tech with screen, I want, but then I want to use it. But I'll have to explain this to the normal people in my life, why I have this, and I don't want to do that if it's useless. But on top of that, I just don't think controlling my life with voice is that useful. Yeah. I don't like that. I, I'm already, and I think a lot of people are already kind of fed up with the extent to which my smartphone is a part of my life. Yeah. But like, it does irreplaceable tasks at the moment for me, so I have it. This thing is, number one, adding a device, because I think it does require your phone, but it's also like, you know, in addition to the current problems I have with privacy on my smartphone, I am adding another company and another device and another set of security, potential security flaws to it. 
But on top of that, the thing they have failed to explain anywhere, and no journalist apparently has interrogated them about this, is they claim this thing can log on to your Uber and make a flight booking, ostensibly having your passport information, your date of birth, and all this stuff. First and foremost, that's, like you mentioned, the data retention policy is very strange. But where is this crap all happening? Is it happening on my phone? Is my phone just doing all this? I refuse to believe that. So are you doing this in the kind of virtual machine environment? How is that possible? Surely these companies are going to have a problem with that. Mark Sullivan for Fast Company actually, I think, asked them this. And they were like, oh, yeah, they'll be fine with it. They just want people using their apps. I do not think they're going to be fine with this. Companies hate it when they hand off power from the user who will still be liable to another computer. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is just that, like, part of me kind of suspects, and when you watch the video, we'll play a clip from it in a second, the CEO of Rabbit very clearly, like a lot of guys in tech, wants to be Steve Jobs. And I, I will say one thing I kind of suspect that might actually be, that would be a Steve Jobs move, is he may have just been hoping that this thing coming out, selling a shitload on pre-order and getting huge buzz would force these companies after the fact to allow integration. Like he may just be gambling. Like if I get enough buzz behind me, Uber and whatnot will come to the table and be willing to work with me because suddenly this is like the hippest new gadget. Except 10,000 customers is actually not that many. And I actually look forward to, I really can't wait for like two months to pass people to get this. And someone to end up like sending the word penis to their or company Slack because they wanted to order pizza. And on top of that, ordering a flight, ordering an Uber, these are actually really nuanced actions. Coming to Mandalay Bay tonight, Uber took me to the wrong place because it decided it wanted to go to the convention center. I did not select that. If you go to the airport, you need to put in Southwest Airlines or what have you. Uh, with Grubhub, you need to do little bits. It's just most people don't order lunch. They order something for lunch. And I just don't... Ah, this whole thing just feels useless. Yeah. See, for me, it's the additional level of abstraction on top of these already abstracted apps that we use to order our basic like necessities, like eating and things like that. It worries me in sort of like a fantasy dystopic way what happens when people suddenly don't use it after getting used to using it. Like, what are they going to know? Are they going to know how to operate a DoorDash app? Are they going to know how to book a flight? That kind of thing. Yeah, it is kind of... Because one of the things, there was a, a CNET review that said, like, well, the potential of this is that it it completely removes physical use of a device. So you're using these apps, but they're just a part of your life. Uber is just a thing you talk to. You never look at anything when you do it. And I'm like, is that better? Like, I don't, I don't like the idea that you basically have a robot that you treat as, like, your nanny that plans your life for you. Like, the, the amount of hype over... There will be a, a more concerted piece about this coming out. But the first thing I thought when I looked at all these guys talking about how cool it was to be able to just tell a robot to book your flight and plan your travel and book your hotels for you. That's like part of the experience of traveling and like choosing things to do is like one of the things that that traveling is. And the desire so many people have to hand off elements of choice really reminds me of like cult dynamics. And I don't think this is a consumer thing. I think this is specifically a weird subculture of tech people, of AI people, a lot of the same folks who got into NFTs, but this desire to like, life is so complex and scary. I want to hand over all of my agency to a robot. It's the same thing that is, is behind a lot of like why people join cults. And I don't think this is a pro societal problem, but I think it is a weird problem with the group of people who are most excited to have a fucking rabbit. It seems like a sad thing to me that folks might only attend bars or restaurants that are rated like 4.5 and above that's decided yeah. by something else. Yeah. And they don't get to have this like experience of walking into like the seediest bar you've ever seen in your life and have like maybe possibly like a life-changing experience. I know? was just in South Korea and I we went to this fried chicken place that ended up being close actually it was like we opened but nobody was there which made me just want to leave before getting killed and so i just went to a random chicken place across the road from my hotel and i thought well it'll feed me it was wonderful it was delightful and it was i could not find any reviews for it it was just a flipping place and i don't th i think these people who are desperate for a device like this this kind of weird nanny device First of all, I don't think they think about the practicalities of this. I don't think this is quicker or easier or better. But also they're like, oh, I wish I could just say one thing and all of these things could happen for me. Same people, by the way, who are saying that people need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and do things for yeah. themselves. It's just, I don't know if they'd even call it dystopian. It's just 
weird and sad to me. Speaking of weird and sad, we're going to move on to the next product in a second. But first, I got to play everybody in case you haven't seen it or heard it. Um, The CEO of Rabbit uh, trying to rickroll the audience with his hell device. Have you seen this, Garrison? Oh, okay. Eyes on the screen, everybody. To activate the eye, just double tap the button. Oh, funny seeing you here, Rick. Let me take a look. Never gonna give you up. Playing now, enjoy. What? Am I getting Rick Rogue in my own keynote? Let's move on to the next one. All right, I have a question real quick. <laughs> so what is the functionality he just activated? Is it that you just put, you point the eye at something and it may, chooses yeah, an action? Did the eye automatically see Rick Astley and choose to play one specific song of his? Because that actually doesn't seem like a feature. That seems like a bug. Yeah, that seems like, what happens if it sees certain people? Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, what happens if it sees just, Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah, plays children screaming? Like, what is? <laughs> how does this thing work? Booking trips to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I, maybe it's respectable that they showed how bad the lag is because that moment where there's quiet after he like clicks on it is like it's loading, it's processing for a considerable period of time. And it's just also, I feel for the bloke because I know he was probably so excited to do this and he was like, I'm going to be Steve Jobs, but man, when you can't perform, you don't perform. Like, yeah. That's bad delivery. That oh, the did I just get Rick rolled in my own video? It was like that. I forget what the movie's called. The yeah. oh hi Mark. Yeah, it, it is, and obviously like English yeah, is the his room. first language, but like it's a performance. You like you you practice, right? You get coached and stuff because you're trying to represent your company. Oh, I tell you this from experience as I've run a PR firm. Yeah, that guy actually did practice because all of that was his actual timing wasn't bad. He just does not have that dog in him. Yeah. Yeah, you bring in other people to do like that. Anyway, everybody, anyone, anyone's mind on the rabbit changed having seen that? Absolutely not. Gar- Garrison has a look on their face. No, it's just like... <laughs> what I've always wanted in a tech gadget is to be able to point a 365-degree camera at a picture of a musician and then wait 30 seconds and then have an AI pick a random song of theirs. <laughs> that's always what I wanted for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the dream of uh, fucking Archimedes had. That's when right. He was, when he was building his laser. That's right. That, that we all saw in the most recent Indiana Jones film. Speaking of the most recent Indiana Jones film, this podcast is entirely sponsored by that movie. So here's some other ads. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March and 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Why are we giving free advertising to Disney? Why are we? Why? Because that movie was so close to being worth it. That last 20 minutes was If they fully committed. Beautiful. If they fully committed. <laughs> yeah. No, Nazis machine gunning Roman legionnaires Pretty was funny. amazing. Pretty funny. Yeah. Well, do you know who would have loved CES? Hmm. Our, our comedians probably. Yes. He probably would have, would have had a great time. Um, what, what next? Uh, yeah, Garrison, why don't you go? AI product do we want to talk about? Um, how about the pet one, Garrison? You okay. saw that. All right. So I think I think I think me and Ed both saw Chat GPT for animals. Um, God damn it! <laughs> which is not really what it is saying. Um, it's like it it scans a picture of your dog and then tries to tell you if it has any health problems based on that picture. You it it's it's it, it's it, you're not you're not actually talking to your dog or anything. It just it takes pictures of animals. And then it, it it analyzes it to tell you how the dog is feeling, blah 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 blah. It's it it. I saw a product like this earlier at CES. I saw a product. I saw a product like this last year. They're just calling it Chat GPT because it's an AI name. It's 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 it's, it's hip. Like because people yeah. people they're hoping that that will make people spend money on. It was every CES I see something that begins to make me disassociate, <laughs> and I walk. I walked past there and blow the chat GPT for, for, and my brain was just like, just like start like glitching out. And then when I went to look it up as Garrison did, I was so disappointed because I hoped that these were just crackpots. So like, yep, you put the microphone to your dog. Now you know what your dog's saying that I would respect, even if it didn't work. Just if you're like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Your cat said he hates you. Your, your cat's been radicalized. I'm afraid. See, there's a fun product in here, which is you sell to Rubes, and a product yes. that you're like, yes. it translates your dog's micro expressions into language, and then the actual paying customers are sickos like us, and you just take control of somebody's pet's voice. That'd be and so you can, cool. You can have their like, yeah, your cat's racist now. Your dog's a Nazi. <laughs> like, this just, is this is the perfect product for H.P. Lovecraft. You would have yes. loved this. <laughs> No, if you gave me like the show Lie to Me, but for dogs on my phone, I would spend whatever you want a thousand dollars. I will. Yeah, I, ruin I, I my... would pay like average West Coast rent prices yeah. to be able to like gaslight some family into thinking their dog is a terrorist. You see a friend of mine. Oh, what's uh, what's wrong, Ed? Uh, Chat GPT said that I uh, said that my dogs joined ISIS, and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he did it, but he's been—he's talking about a caliphate, according to the app. I don't know what and this app is bankrupting me. I paid four and a half thousand dollars for this app a month. I don't know why I need it. So, because so, I unfortunately had to miss yesterday. So there was a, probably an endless number of tech innovations that I was unable to to see because I had to miss one day. But uh, with the help of penicillin, I was able to return. Uh, today to do one final the chat walk. GPT of antibiotics. That's th th that is exactly what my doctor said actually. But I did I did swear revenge on CES. So I just walked around uh, most mostly mostly the Venetian, just seeing all of the worst things I could find and documenting them, so I could get revenge uh, from that uh, twink poisoning me with strep throat. So the 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 first really good thing is, is this. I, I I mostly walked around the award winning sections because that's where you find only the best. There was an award-winning uh, speaker called Audio CU that all of their marketing was built from this horrible, horrible uh, uh, AI image generation of this like extremely busty blonde woman in a latex suit. But if you zoom in onto her fingernails, her her fingernails are like sticking through the wrong side of her fingers. <laughs> there. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's the woman's from um. What that one movie for? Oh damn it! Not skin. The one, the other. There was the woman where the alien was sexy, and then she killed people when she had sex with them. It's the same thing. Yes. Terrifying. Yes. Readers, uh, call in and say what that is. Yeah, it, it looks just like that. Uh, it says "relax, stick it in," which is pretty funny. Um, so that that was pretty bad. Um, I <laughs> <laughs> no, I respect that. I respect that. That's um, that's a baller move right there. 
again, this is this is for a speaker company. Oh, it's they, like DJ girlfriend in the yeah. shape. Oh, it's, it's a it's a speaker in the shape of a girlfriend. No, it's just home theater speakers. Okay. It's <laughs> just have a horrible AI generated woman as their spokesperson. I mean, I would buy it if it was DJ Girlfriend, though. DJ Girlfriend is a great idea for a product and might stop several mass shootings. AI, AI has brought back sexism. Yeah. If you do DH, DJ Girlfriend right, you could stop at least one mass shooting. Finally, we have a real solution. Now, an, a, a, another product that won the CES 2024 Innovation Awards is an AI-powered coffee brewer and grinder system. I, I'm, I'm just going to read the description. That's from what th- coffee's been missing. <laughs> That's right. I, I know we wake up every morning, make our little French press coffee. That's fine. But you know what could be better? An AI system that does it for you. I'm going to read the award, the, uh, the award uh, description for this product. Okay. Introducing Barista Brew Coffee Brewer and Grinder System, a smart coffee system that tailors your brew to perfection. With AI-guided personalization, easily adjust brewing parameters for a custom cup. No expertise needed. Rate, track, and refine your brews. Brew IQ, AI suggestions for your ideal taste. Simplify with one-touch favorites. Elevate your coffee experience. Yeah, when I hear all that, the one thing I think is simplify... That's that's simple. The movie was Species, by the yeah. way. So I love that movie. One of one of one of the best H.R. Geiger uh, art utilizations. Oh, yeah, yeah, and easily the horniest movie of the nineteen nineties. Like, that, there's which not is, a lot of which conflict. is like, which is a high high bar. Um, so on 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 this AI coffee maker on the front, there's a little control panel with nine different settings that you can you can. Uh, uh, change because they're all on a graph. We have we have citrus, spice, nutty, fruity, balanced, cocoa, floral, herbal, and honey. So you can you can with your with the, with the ease of a touchpad start to customize your own AI coffee. So that that is revolutionary. I'm going to be getting one for Robert this Christmas. Thank you, Garrison. Yeah, I know. I've always thought you know what I hate is the experience of uh, of exploring new flavors on my own and and learning new ways of of brewing coffee a beverage i consume every day so i'm glad to be handing that whole experience off to a machine that's right and i know a lot of people use <laughs> tavia just brought something up that i think is relevant here it's a guardian article about an ai smoothie shop that opened in san francisco well before ces um that is a combination of uh it's being driven forward with AI technology as well as 5G stuff that I think had opened up and then like three weeks later had shut down. Oh, that's yeah. too bad. They were like, a robot will pick the perfect smoothie for you. Well, I, I actually want to bring works. I want to bring something up. So I love smoking meat. I have pellet smokers at home. And I saw a few times on this show AI grills. And I just looked up one called uh, Brisk It Smart Grill. And I was like, how could you possibly make a thing which is basically maintaining hot air in a tube for yeah. long enough until the food's done? And what it is, is it has a thing you can ask the grill, what seasoning should I add to make my chicken skewers spicy? Or how do I sear a medium rare steak? I don't fucking know. Why don't you learn to cook, you <laughs> twat? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's just like the, the enjoyable part of cooking is the experimentation and learning taste. But no thank you, just like that goddamn coffee thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to learn anything. I don't want to have a human experience. That's the thing with a lot of these AI solutions, we'll call them, is I feel like they're robbing people of real experiences. Yeah, for like, no, bene- like there's some stuff that like... You know, the ability of a smartphone to once you had to be like in a building in order to like access a phone or like use a payphone. Now you can connect with people everywhere. That's that's a clear benefit, right? There's downsides to it, obviously, but it's a clear benefit. But like now you don't have to learn. now, Now you don't have to cook. You can let a robot do it for you. It's like, well, but why? Cooking is pleasurable. And if I don't want to cook, I will go to a restaurant or order food, and it's cheaper than buying several thousand dollar AI device. I mean, some things are hard to learn, uh, which brings me to the next product. Not smoking me, but well, okay. they, well you know, some, <laughs> some things are hard to learn. Kind of like like uh, 
like parenting, right? Oh, so, good. Okay. Nice. So, you know what, Garrison? I'm proud of you. That was a good segue. So AI parenting, especially with your infant child, this was also in the CES awards section, so you know it's going to be legit. I was able to see a demonstration of an AI baby crib that will shake your baby up and down based oh. on <laughs> facial expression analysis done by an AI. And... Yeah, that's I'm, what you do. With I'm going to show show uh, right here. So here no. is here's the cutting edge facial expressions. We have anger, disgust, fear, happiness, sadness, and surprise, and that basically that data will go into this little crib, which will start shaking and moving up and down based on what they scan on your baby's face. So to be clear, there is a product <laughs> oh called God. the Snoo that exists where it. Oops, um, drop my phone there. There's a product called the Snoo, which is like a for infants, and it notices when they're fussing, and it kind of like lightly rocks them. But the way it rocks them is so very light; it is very much a this is this is what a mother would do with a brand new baby, freshly baked. You don't want to move them too much. That one has like six pictures from the intro of Lie to Me and a heart rate <laughs> monitor, and it's like, yeah, yeah, hand over your baby to AI. Great. <laughs> Yeah, this product looks like a baby maraca. The pace that you shake it, yeah, which yeah. is dependent on what pretty face much, you make. Pretty much. Well, I love it also because like a a real scandal, I think from the, I think it was in the 80s, is like nannies shaking babies to death. Like I, the idea that like, again, a, a machine that can only go at a certain pace that's very light. Um, you know, I get that's a labor save, especially for like a single parent or whatnot. Like, you know, some some people will need that. But um. I, it, I, I, I just worry. I, I worry that we're not all that far from our first and AI killed my baby. Well, you know, I, I think I think that I, I think the real beauty of this product is usually when you have a newborn baby, you have to like watch it all night because it'll wake up. You have to like pick it up, pat it, make sure it gets back to sleep. You can just leave that baby in the bed. You can like yeah. you can like go to the club. Yeah, just leave the baby in the bed. If it starts crying, don't worry. The AI will take the AI are, will take over. We are on the verge of beds that can raise our children, just like the Venture Brothers. That's right. And <laughs> and those and those kids turned out fine. Those they turned out great. Perfect specimens, um, really. But I think. Luckily, luckily for you, because I know none of us are babies anymore, but we are all, you know, eventually going to get old, hopefully. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's a big ho- if. Ho- hopefully. <laughs> um, and there is AI products that will also assist us as we get older using the same AI baby tech here. One of the, one of the, one of the places that me and Robert stopped by was called Blue Sky AI. It's spelled ri- ridiculously. Offensively, and they refused to do an interview. They they were not happy. <laughs> um, but I was able to get a pamphlet, and they have an AI that I think they're mostly targeting at like older people. But quote by comparing the way your facial and vocal behavior changes over time using your facial expressions, facial muscle actions, as well as where you are looking your body pose, and the tone of your voice, we have the potential to identify and monitor all kinds of medical conditions that manifest in the face or voice. So it's this, it's a facial scanning and voice scanning that uses AI to try to diagnose you with medical conditions. Specific, specifically, the guy told us that uh, it's, it's useful for Alzheimer's, and he realized we were journalists and then asked us to go away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it also uh, says... But, <laughs> yeah, that's how you know you've got a good medical device. A, a good product at CES. <laughs> uh, Blue Sky uses a continuous approach, apparent valiance and arousal to measure... To measure expressed emotion, this better fits the real human experience of emotional states. This approach allows emotion regions to be defined and to measure the transitions away from and towards these regions. This continuous approach, where appropriate, can be mapped back to a much less exact categorical representation. For example, excited, calm, or angry. Do they have horny? They do not have horny. Not that I can see. Look, if you know old people, (laughs) one thing they never stop doing is fucking. No, they... they do have a list of all human emotions here that charted, charted on a map. Finally. That using AI, we can finally figure out what emotions you're feeling based on your face. So you can use this just with your, with your phone camera, with your, uh, with your iPad camera. They do data collection, data analysis. W- one of the weird use cases that we saw was, uh, I, I know we saw, we saw something similar to this already, uh, but just scanning your face when driving to tell you how you're feeling, which is just quite funny. Yeah. It's a, I could talk about that a second. What this reminds me of, there was a product a few years ago. It was like a robot for the military. And the idea was 
this robot can run in dangerous situations and pick up troops that have been injured and run them out, which is probably a thing that will exist at some point and might even save lives, right? I can see how that would be a useful thing in the military. It can be very dangerous to retrieve people, much better for a robot to get shot or blown up in that situation than another person. But to try and comfort the soldiers, they gave the robot the head of a teddy bear, like a metal teddy bear head, and it looked like a fucking nightmare. It was just like, what What are you thinking? Did you talk to, there's all sorts of guys who have been shot in combat. Did you talk to one of them? Did you go, would the experience of having your arm blown off, Corporal, have been more pleasurable if a giant metal teddy bear had so- entered? So my first job was working on the characters from Twisted Metal, but then I moved into robotics. <laughs> it's so cool that how many of these products are very clearly made, funded, prototyped, R&D, hired PR teams. Everyone's done these big presentations without talking to a single fucking human being. It's yeah. so cool. Mm. It's so cool how much waste there is at this show where not a single human soul. There is a, a completely different subject. I realized there was like an AI-powered... um nail salon thing as well i saw i'm like that's definitely one where you didn't talk to talk to any woman though because (laughs) first and foremost in my experience a lot of women are scared of a new nail place for fucking up their hands so are they going to spend 800 goddamn dollars on this thing to maybe get burned. And I saw in this article about it just now that their thing they said was oh yeah it's like an espresso at home I've had Nespresso's break multiple times. And I realize it may sound weird. How can you break an espresso? I'm just built different. But if yeah, I can break it, anyone Just like can. me in strep throat. <laughs> Unbelievable. So I, I, I do have one more product and then I'm... And well, first, I'm- Garrison, I know you have one more product, but we also have one more ad break. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... Ah, we're back. Garrison, what's your next product? So I, we already talked about uh, the handy, which is, you know, like, we you sure know, did, which is by, by, by all accounts, actually like works as intended. It's a good product. The people, the PR people, and we talked to the CEO, were not just knowledgeable, but like remarkably good at keeping a straight face while talking yeah. about their jack. With that's professionalism. Yeah. You have to respect it. Honestly, that was the most professional booth I saw the yeah. entirety of CES. They were really on point. Yeah, if you are looking for a jack-off machine, I can't recommend anything more highly. Well, Robert, except for our next product, which is <laughs> an AI-powered jack-off machine. Thank God. 
<laughs> so this is called My Hixel. It is the first. It's the first app. That's an appealing name. It is. That's, that's it is, a name that sounds like sex. It is the first app for climax control to incorporate AI. Now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read through there. Really redefines edge technology, huh? Now, I, I want to make a note before you get into it. The thing that they're claiming this is useful for, there are devices for, and it is a real use case, which is that like premature ejaculation is a, is a serious problem for a lot of men. It's like it's like a quality of life issue, right? Like it, it stops people from feeling confident. It's it's a serious problem. There are prosthetic devices people can use to train themselves. That's fine. They already exist. This is basically like, what if an AI could teach you how to come slower? Yes, and we have we have a, a, a six step uh, a layout here describing why why my Hixel is right for you. For the first step is secure and anonymized data collection, so you can get oh, good. all of your coming data stored. But don't worry, it's secure. See, my first question to that is, why is data on me masturbating being collected at all? Well, it could be because they're putting it towards an eight-week training program. Oh, no. So, first and foremost, one of the first things on the website for this is just the words, Happy Sex Year! Save $60 on my Hixel control. But Happy Sex Year is going to be something I think about for a while. But also it says it has my Hixel Care and my Hixel Control, two different things, and then my Hixel Academy. And sadly, you can't click on that because I've never wanted to know more about what... How much material could there be? I'm sorry. Unless... A masturbation academy? <laughs> yeah, I thought they just called that Eaton. That was a British public school joke. It's okay. I made an edging joke earlier and nobody caught it. Yeah, I... There's one thing the Eaton boys do and they, they don't have sex. <laughs> no, <laughs> masturbation. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, part of what I hate about this is its name is so clearly like trying to be respectful and like respectable and a tech product name. Yeah. As opposed to, like, one of the things that I respect about the Handy people is they just went ahead and called it Handy. I mean, it's weird because, like, some of their some of their free merch were, were labeled with stuff like, download the app to control your loads. <laughs> <laughs> we bring the game, you bring the joystick. <laughs> the first day you went for a run, you couldn't last more than three minutes either. So it's weird how they, yeah, have this very like sanitized branding, except for their like free merch. But yeah, it has it has Bluetooth connection, interactive and personalized settings. You can monitor your user evolution, and it is it is marked as a medical device. But on on their brochure, there's just two two really really good sentences. There's video feedback from our sexual health professionals. So after you come, you can get on a video chat and oh, talk about there it. There we go. There we go. Looking good. It's the uh, pillow talking add-on. <laughs> I'd love to be one of those people. As a guy, man, three minutes? You can do better than that. Come on. Do they, are you meant to encourage them? Yeah. Yeah. Are you meant to commiserate with them? Yeah. What, is, what is the goal here? Yeah. But also, I cannot think of a single person I'd want to talk about that with. <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining, like, the guy on the other and be like, no, 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 no. Zoom in the camera a little more. I want to see those ropes. Oh, no, that's not bad. That's not bad. Good consistency. Okay, let's move that over. Let's see his O face again. Wow, Can we you replay that? My friend, that your load management is very consistent. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I, I think we're really missing is how much how much AI will assist in this because they claim that using cutting edge technology, eh, eh, uh, uh, my Hixel control is the first solution to include AI and machine learning for climax control treatment, <laughs> which is just really, really reassuring. So yeah, it basically looks like a flashlight that connects to your phone and it, it's an app uh, with <laughs> anatomical realistic interior design and AI and secured in an anima and anonymized data. I think this is really going to open up some avenues for sex workers. Yeah. Hope, hopefully, hopefully, Tafia. It's, um, it's also like the design, the handy, is very clearly a robot. You stick your dick inside and it, it jacks you off. This looks like a fleshlight, except... The back end, like the front end that where you unscrew the top and it's like a fake vagina, looks like a flashlight. The back end looks like uh, an incense diffuser. Like, <laughs> like someone decided these two products needed to be... Like, what if you could fuck your, uh, your aromatherapy bot? 
Finally. So that that is that is most of the 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 just the groundbreaking AI products that I was able to see today. Does anyone else have any AI products they would love to talk about? It's time to talk about Gnerdi. Okay, Gnert. Yeah. Tavius, you want to start us off about Gnert? Okay, uh, I guess we attended a panel. Which panel was it, y'all? I don't. That remember. was the DHS AI panel. Yeah, that was that was the AI panel with one of the heads of the Department of Homeland Security, who I can confirm because he turned around to take a selfie, has a Hank Hill ass. He was very insistent on that. No but. Absolutely no but. And I'm saying this not to shame him, but because there are orthotics for that. You can get help, sir. That's even in a whole episode of King of the Hill. One of the better episodes. Good, good times. So, Gnert AI was announced before this talk that we had, and it was, uh, oh, I think the guy announcing both this this uh, event as well as the panel had taken some time to really focus on the fact that this was his quote-unquote opus. His, his, his opus. His opus. He said the word opus like five times. Gnert's what I'll be remembered by. <laughs> this is my legacy. Yeah, and then um, I guess two of the designers had come up who who stuck out like a sore thumb compared to like the sea of khaki and blazers and things like that. Yeah, yeah, they had clearly never ordered a drone strike, unlike our hero in Homeland That's Security. Right. <laughs> One of them had a wide-brimmed hat that was color-matched to the Gnert yeah. logo, which is pretty cool. What does Gnert stand for? Gnert stands for generate, um, so I think it's actually just called it generate they just took out the vowels um <laughs> but this is going to be a three-day event or a conference held in arlington virginia it's it, it's they are they, they're claiming that it's gonna have like 200 speakers 150 ai sessions more than 500 startups 150 partners 100 investors and around 5,000 attendees they're trying to target enterprise, governments, platforms, AI tools, AI builders, services, investors, startups, and media. That it, it, it's, it's these three events held simultaneously. One's just called Gnert or Generate AI, which is about just AI, uh, AI tech. Uh, it's about uh, like AI companies, classes, keynotes, funding, blah, 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 blah. There is then Voice and AI, which is about AI language services. And uh, there's also one for Gov AI, which is about public sector and how the government's going to start integrating AI or regulating AI. And they also have one for coding called Code Forward. And uh, it's it's a bummer we can't just play the opening video because the opening video had no like like You've voice got it here, but there's yeah there's no voice. I can read it though. Ninety seven million new jobs in AI, five hundred billion in annual AI spend by twenty twenty seven, two hundred fifty billion in VC funding by twenty twenty five. Gnert generate for a new world and a new market. Gnert connects, informs, elevates, and inspires. It all happens at Gnert. We cannot emphasize enough how they hyped up VC Cash. There, there was there was so much buildup for mm -hmm. VC Cash. I, I have I have watched people who are dope sick buy heroin with less jittery excitement in their hands and eyes. All right, so now a bit about shit like this. So I just did a brief cursory look up Gannett. And it's <laughs> and it's it's connected conferences, voice I and gov I and code forward, and all of them are claiming the following: they're featuring GitHub, Microsoft, OpenAI, Codium, Tab Nine. Um, their thing on LinkedIn has twenty eight followers, and their engagement is like when I post the word Twitter on Twitter. It's not very good at all. I can get more than that doing any of the pudge picture of my asshole and get more than that. But also, I cannot find a single person claiming to attend this, despite them claiming 200 plus speakers, 150 plus sessions, 500 startups, 150 partners, 100 investors, 5,000 attendees. I can't find a single bit of evidence that anyone is uh, gnerting around at all. And also, they claim to have three different conferences, CodeForward, GovAI, VoiceAI, and of course, GnertAI. And, and of course, all of these are part of the... Gnert AI beta experience. I don't know why you'd put beta oh, on a these people are beta as hell. <laughs> but also, why have you got beta on a conference? What are you doing? But also, featuring OpenAI, NVIDIA, Microsoft, Google, and Veritwan, I'm going to guess that they've got like a, a chat GPT open on a computer, an NVIDIA pro, uh, GPU and something, Microsoft Word, and they've used Google. 
And it's very strange because I don't know what this thing is. Yeah, you know, I, I think what it is is some guys who have a degree of like, na- like, like some guys who are are hoping that they don't have any actual ideas for what to do with AI. So they're hoping that if they create a conference and make that be like the CES of AI, they can kind of force a place for themselves and also attract a bunch, suction up a bunch of money. I also found some, I found some of the speakers. You've got a fellow called Adam Goldberg, who's an account director and head of Azure OpenAI enablement on the go-to-market team at OpenAI. They found a sales guy from OpenAI and then said they got someone from OpenAI. They got someone from JP Morgan. She leads data and AI design these are all fake jobs. These aren't real jobs. And I think that these conferences are amazing as well because all people do at them is they go, they watch these things where people go up on stage and go, you know, generative AI is going to create maybe even trillions of dollars of value at some point. And you know the synergy between generative AI and data collection, but also data silos, is going to be truly, truly innovative. And everyone's like, holy fucking shit. Whoa. Holy shit, piss. I've never, and then they all post it on Twitter and they all forget it ever happened immediately. Yeah, we call that gen- the Gnert dividend. <laughs> we, 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 do, we do call that the Gnert dividend. So Gnert's being put on by this guy who runs this like panel collection called Brands GPT at CES. With a Z. No, it's not. No, 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 it's Garrison, not. Garrison. With a Z. It, sh- it should be. Um, <laughs> I-, I think me and Robert both went to like one or two of these brands GPT panels. This is the one where uh, Robert got to yell at Google and Microsoft and get them mad. I got to, um, No, Google and McDonald's. McDonald's, McDonald's is head of AI. Yes. Which is a thing. <laughs> so I, they, they look to basically just focus on like convention programming. So now they're trying to put on their own convention that they're calling Gnert. Um, instead of just running this brand's GPT at CES, so th- that's that's the background. It's it's done by Mode V Events. That's Mode and the letter V, but one word. That's like the parent company for this. I'll be interested uh, once we get closer to October. I'll be interested to see if this is looking more like a real event. It's it's not going to be that far for me to travel. Um, but no, they're they're promising uh, five hundred billion dollars in annual AI spending with two hundred fifty billion new VC cash investments, uh, which is which is quite promising. Yeah. So hopefully this beta test goes like the last video game beta test that I went to, and everybody clips through the floor and disappears into a void. <laughs> well, I think that's gonna do it for us in this episode, and I want to leave you all with um. Well, before we we've got one more thing, but before we get into that, which which will be fun, I want to talk about something sobering, which is that, as you may get from this, nearly a hundred percent of the AI use cases that we saw presented were either nonsense or incredibly vague. At these different, where you had people from like Nvidia and Adobe and whatnot, that like they wouldn't say like we're going to use AI for this specific task. They would say we're going to use AI to get more nimble, which I think means firing people. You know. Outside of that, the only real specific use cases that were not clearly nonsense were stuff like replacing, you know, customer service workers with chatbots, which is bad. And to be fair, some also really good stuff like that telescope that used kind of machine learning in order to like clean up images so that you can get better, better images and whatnot when you're in an area with a lot of light pollution. There was some stuff like that, but usually very vague, the use cases for AI. What was always extremely clear were the harms. And the very first panel we attended, there's a company called Deloitte. They're a huge consulting firm. If you know about McKinsey, because they're currently, somewhat rightfully so, a bit of a bugbear on the left, um, Deloitte is a similar kind of organization, right? I think they're a bit less toxic, but to a marginal degree. They're like a massive consulting firm. Companies bring them in in order to like help them streamline and make processes more efficient and stuff. And one of their people said that according to their internal metrics, they expected half a trillion dollars in fraud this year in one year due just to voice cloning AI. And that was a more specific statement of what AI is going to do to change people's lives than absolutely any positive use case I heard presented at this conference. Could you like explain what, what, what you mean by voice cloning so AI, we, you know, we did a couple of bastards episodes talking about scams and like the how they've contributed to the decline of trust in our society. One of the things that has in the last year or so become a massive problem is there are now AI things that can generate a per- human voice 
near perfectly to the point where, especially if it is a voice of, say, your kid calls you and they're telling you that they have been fucking kidnapped or, you know, something else has happened and they need you to wire them money desperately and you send them the money. It's a fucking scam, right? That is, we, we had a person from Deloitte and I think it was a person from Adobe say that they had been called by a colleague um, who had gotten like a call thinking it was, uh, that seemed to be them asking them to buy a bunch of Apple gift cards. Like shit like this is extreme and it's only going to get more common. You can automate too the writing of the scams and the sending of the scams using these AI tools. And that is absolutely, in my opinion, much more of a direct way in which AI is going to affect people than any single product or even cumulatively all of the AI products we saw at CES. On that uplifting note... Yeah, let's, yeah. So let's, that's a bummer, and we'll we will be going into more depth about that. But I wanted to end. Tavia took notes at all of the buzzwords, particularly the AI buzzwords that we heard during the convention, and uh, she's going to read that to us now. You got to tell you, this list is incredible. I've worked in and out of corporate America, and much like a cult, they have their own internal uh, vocabulary that they use. And this um, convention we went to was just filthy with these buzzwords so i'm just going to dig in uh the ones that i've written down are double down love that one that one comes up a lot versioning Ver- versioning versioning which is like a legitimate term in software but i was hearing it used in places where it didn't make much sense to do it um then our favorite liar's dividend by by far by far the best term that we've heard at the at the conference yeah. it's so flexible yeah, I'm using versions of that in everything. You know, it makes me think a lot about the murderer's dividend, which is when you no longer have to deal with an annoying person. Uh, we got content credential, which is coming up a lot, especially around the topic of AI. We have data rich and its sister term problem rich core values, which I heard in every single panel that we were in. Yeah, usually the context of this was we don't need regulations around how AI can be made and put together. The core values of the companies is what will make sure that AI isn't used in a harmful way. Great. <laughs> that's that's going to happen. No, very trustworthy. Very trustworthy groups. Uh, we got risk model. <laughs> and then my next term is the favorite one. It's so good. I'm, I think I'm going to give this one to you, Robert. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think we talked about this. Guardian MM or something like that. What was the name? MM Guardian. MM Guardian, which is an app you put on... It's not. It used to be an app. Now it is a phone you buy for your child. It's a, a modified Samsung Galaxy something or other. That but it's not a Galaxy Note Seven. <laughs> it gives your. It gives you as the parent complete access to your kid's phone and everything they're doing, and it automatically monitors monitors all of their not just their conversations but their browsing history and sends you alerts. Um, so, like, if someone sends your kid a, a text that says you should KYS, you know, kill yourself, this is the example he showed us, you get a message that, like, there's this suicidal discussion or whatnot going on. Um, we ask them, you know, hey, Garrison particularly was like, what if uh, this is a situation where a parent is abusive um, and, like, using this in order to uh, keep tabs on their kids or, like, hates, you know, is like a, a child is gay or trans and their parents um, are not accepting of that. Like, does this still, can parents still, like, spy on them over that stuff? Are there any limitations? Are there any sort of safeguards built in in case a parent is being abusive, right? To, like, monitor or send to the authorities if a parent is using this in an abusive way. And their answer was, no, we're purely about giving parents more power. And the... Yeah, the term that they used was tech contracts with children. I can't think of anything more dismal. Yeah, that is one of the most dystopian assemblies of words I've ever heard. You should, you should, you should never say the phrase contracts with children. That's just, that's just like, if you find yourself ever, ever hearing the phrase contracts with children spoken by anyone... Run away from that person as fast as you can. Maybe, maybe, maybe punch them in the face first, yeah. and then run away as fast yeah. as you can. So, um, that's a good one. That's that's some shit you just keep in Florida, I guess. Now, <laughs> or Indiana is it? It's a super Florida app. Yeah, that is that is the center of this business. Moving on, we've got other terms called like visionary and thought leaders, which comes up a lot in these types oh, of uh, God. conferences. I mean, the PR shit. People love saying thought leader. Oh, they love it. Thing doer. Eat it up. Uh, we also have edge computing. <laughs> I know. Uh, digital. Yeah, again, handy, great company. 
incredible company. Very, very excellent product. Uh, we have Digital Twin, Horizon Scan. So Digital Twin's really good because <clears throat> it means like eight different things. It can mean literally a copy of something, or it can mean a digital version of something. It can mean like a metaverse thing. And these are all different industries using it, and no one can agree on the meaning. Yeah, that's just tradition. That's it just like rocks. what they do. Uh, they have Horizon Scan. I, I actually kind of like that one. That was the first time I'd heard that one. When they're just like looking into the future. I think they're calling that Horizon Scan. Uh, use Case, which came up a lot because everyone was groping for use cases for their technology and didn't seem to have any that they could uh, bring up. Mm -hmm. the, the, ne the next one I heard way more than I wanted to hear, which was Accelerate. Which yes. is always, always a yes. great term to hear in tech. Uh, there, there was there was so much accelerate and accelerating relating to their tech development and their tech use cases. Uh, for another another one of those terms that Javier just read off. Now, this next term is a real thing and an important thing, and not a thing that anyone in the tech industry wants or cares about. The right to be forgotten. Uh, this has actually been legislated. The reason they have to care about this to some extent is it's been legislated in, in the EU, right? And it should be everywhere. I actually think this is an incredibly important concept. Um, and it's basically the, you know, you have we have people go viral, get, become a main character on whatever app for being a piece of shit sometimes or sometimes doing something stupid or sometimes doing something innocuous that for no reason at all makes a huge number he's of people a, He's angry. actually a really good example. There was a kid who posted a video of himself and it was like 4.0 GPA had a job, raised money, didn't get into Harvard or something. He didn't mean it in this way, but someone took it and then turned it into a why kids are being kept out of Harvard thing. And he DM them was like, you're ruining my fucking life. Yeah. This is how this, like the right to be forgotten should be everywhere. Yeah. It is not. It is a hugely important thing. And, you know, I, I actually give the EU a lot of credit for the fact that that has to some extent been legislated. All of that needs to be more common in other countries and more, uh, vigorously enforced. I, I don't. I say that I have no idea how you do it with the internet working the way it does. Some of this I actually do think is a values thing, where we all need to be more okay with the fact that people, even people who can do something shitty online, deserve to not have that necessarily define the rest of their lives. Especially, you know, teenagers. <laughs> and the next one is one that I like to associate with my posts: uh, data poisoning. <laughs> I believe every time I interact with Twitter or Blue Sky, that is what I am doing. I have some data poisoning, I yeah. Da or I am data poisoning mm -hmm. as a verb, or I am data poisoning myself. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got... Uh, oh, Garrison, you want to do this one? Sure. Th these, these are the last three that I got from an AI ethics panel. Uh, we have data silos, how data is all separated. Uh, we have data harmonization, kind of the opposite of data silos. Yeah, that's and basically using AI to generate pictures of Dan Harmon, right? Yes. <laughs> um, then we have the the last term, which I will I will describe for you: the speed capacity gap. <laughs> so. <laughs> the speed capacity gap. No, no, I, I can answer that for you. So sometimes when I'm doing a shitload of amphetamines that I purchased from some Turkish website via the dark web, you know, I'm doing them with a friend and they OD because there's a there's a speed capacity gap between oh the two of us. <laughs> yeah. That's what that uh, that's what that DHS guy was talking about yeah, for using yeah. AI to monitor dark web purchases. He's gonna really get on that one. Um, no speed capacity gap: the gap between tech acceleration and the capacity of society to keep up and make informed decisions about the technology, which is actually a kind of a useful yeah, that term. Is a useful. Um, yeah. It's 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 just one of those you know it sounds like a silly tech term, but when the, when it's actually explained, like oh that's actually a really good way to think about the 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 way AI is being pushed in all of these new ways. And are we actually as a society, whether that's like as a government or just like culturally able to actually make informed decisions about how we want this tech to be integrated into our lives. And now the dark side of this term, the speed capacity gap for the, to, to, to kind of solve this gap, we can either slow down a development or we can speed up our capacity. And the panelists obviously preferred the latter. So we should just speed up our cultural capacity. Did they propose a solution for that? The, the, well, kind of, but it, it's the, 
it's a little unclear. We can we can go through my recording at at a later date once once we do our full AI episode. But um, their rationale for why we should instead of instead of slowing down tech development, instead speed up our cultural capacity, is because of the many benefits that tech improvements can be made uh, via tech iterations. Right, the the more iterations you get of technology, that the more benefits you're able to get from said technology. Ah, versioning. Yes. Ver- version exactly. Sure. Which versioning. brings us all the way yeah. back to versioning. There we go. Yeah. Which brings us all the way back to Turkish amphetamines, because I have been for the last 20 years trying different versions of Turkish amphetamines. And uh, the blue pills, man, you know, normally you don't hallucinate on speed, but when you take enough, it turns out you can. And so I think what I'd like to leave everyone with is the knowledge that Turkish amphetamines are a thing you can purchase on the dark web and should. There's no health consequences to it at all. Not a I'm not part of this. <laughs> Bear offline does not support illegal drug purchases. Respectful podcast. They're not illegal if they're so new that the DEA hasn't banned them yet. That's innovation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's versioning. <laughs> and that is the speed capacity gap, folks. <laughs> 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 The DEA can't keep up with the tech improvements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us here at Cool Zone. Uh, before we leave, I want to give Tavia and Ed both chances to plug their pluggables. Ed, people are going to be hearing from you every week on your new show, Better Offline, which is launching in a I, what I, I'm sure you'll agree is a frighteningly short time. Very bit. soon. It is going to be the best weekly tech show. It is going to do the job that no one is strong enough to do, which is ask questions, listen to the answers, then actually make a question that follows them. I am very much looking forward to this and very excited to work with the Cool Zone team. And Tavia? Oh, um, you can find me on Twitter at CUTMora. And if you want to learn a little bit more about my interactive and immersive work, you can see that at TaviaMora.com. Now, you may wonder why I didn't give you any links to anything, and that was a deliberate thing uh, called uh, Subterfuge, but you can find me at where'syoured.at, you're at edzitron on Twitter, x, rate my nudes.biz, and of course, blueskyzitron.bskyz.social. Yeah, and you can find my profile on handy. <laughs> 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 All right, we're fucking done here. Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.